0: what's happening everybody on today's show we're going to run through all the games in week seven of the sec also aaron suttles will drop by we'll talk all things alabama with him as well as his new book locked on sec starts right now you are
1: locked on sec your daily podcast on the southeastern conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode of Locked on SEC is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Tennessee and Alabama right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love. For a price you'll love, try it today. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Throw. What a catch. Around the conference. And we start taking a look at some of the games around the conference this weekend. We'll start on ESPN at 11 a.m. Central. It is 3-3 Auburn at number nine Ole Miss. The Ole Miss Rebels around a 15-point favorite, according to our friends at Online. Jackson Dart had his breakout game this past weekend, passing the ball. Of course, the Ole Miss rushing attack has been so, so good. Quinchon Judkins with almost 600 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. But Jonathan Mingo had his breakout game receiving over 500 yards, receiving on the season now with Jackson Dart throwing him the football. And it just feels like Ole Miss and the offense. They can run it. They can throw it. What can Auburn do? Not a whole heck of a lot. We're going to take Ole Miss minus the 15. Feels like they will cover this number. And it feels like come Monday morning, We'll be talking about Brian Harson, no longer the head coach at Auburn. At 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on the SEC Network, it'll be 3-3 Vanderbilt at number one Georgia, Georgia 6-0. They are a 38-point favorite. Look, it's a lot of points. I know Vandy's not great. They just give up a ton of points and yards to Ole Miss last weekend. But We're going to take Vandy plus to 38. It's just too many points. Stetson Bennett has been good. But he hadn't been that good, so we're going to take Vandy plus the points. I think Georgia still wins this game. They'll get to 7-0, but give us Vandy plus the 38. The uh, big game in the afternoon, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on CBS. It's the game of the week. It's number three, Alabama, at number six, Tennessee. Both teams undefeated. Nick Saban saying this week, Bryce Young has practiced some this week. He said, I think it comes down to how does he feel? How do we feel that he can throw the ball efficiently enough? He's going to hurt himself, or he's not going to hurt himself by doing it. I just don't know how much it will hurt him. If he does it, he's done it on a limited basis. We think Bryce Young is going to be a go. And if he is, and he's healthy, this one will be very tight. line still has Bama as around a seven-point road favorite. We're going to take Tennessee in the points. I think prime spot for Tennessee to get it done in Knoxville. That place is ready to explode. We're going to take Tennessee plus the seven, and Tennessee in the straight-up upset. They get the win over Alabama. Also, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern. It'll be 3-3 Arkansas at 4-2 BYU. This one is out of Pickham, according to Bet Online. I guess we're going to take Arkansas, man. They're on a three-game losing streak. I know BYU is very good. Kalani Satakis, a very good head coach. But Rocket Sanders, man, almost 700 yards rushing, leads the SEC, five rushing touchdowns. I think the ground game from Arkansas will get it done, and Arkansas gets out of Provo with a close win. Give me Arkansas in the pick'em. In the two-night games, we'll get... 4-2 LSU at 4-2 Florida. The Gators around a a 2.5 point favorite. This will be 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. This is a big game for Billy Napier. Not so much for Brian Kelly. Look, Brian Kelly was expected to go 7-5 this year in year one at LSU. LSU can lose this game, and they're not going to lose faith in Brian Kelly. This is a big game for Billy Napier because he wanted the LSU job. He threw his name out there in the hat, and LSU didn't even consider him. They said, we're not interested. We're going big game hunting. We want a big name. They went and got Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Billy Napier needs to stick it to LSU and say, hey, you don't want me? How about this? Let me beat you in the swamp. Florida, like I said, two and a half point favorite. Give me Florida minus two and a half. The Gators with more to play for here than LSU. The LSU offense, so inconsistent. Jaden Daniels, unable to get much of anything going last week against Tennessee. He's going to have to prove it down in the swamp. Gators didn't look great last week in the win over Mizzou, but the defense getting it done. Jaden Hill with the big pick six and another interception. So we will take Florida at home in the swamp. And lastly, it's 4-2, and two, number 22-ranked Kentucky hosting 5-1, number 16-ranked Mississippi State. Mississippi State a four-point road dog at Kroger Field. In Lexington, Sounds like uh, Will Levis is going to play. But Will Rogers has been outstanding, man. 2,100 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns. They got the ground game going with Dylan Johnson. 402 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Give Mississippi State minus the four. I think Kentucky's going to put up a better fight this week with Will Levis back. But that offensive line for Kentucky concerns me. I think Mississippi State gets it done. I think they get the road win in Lexington. Give me the Bulldogs minus the four at Kentucky. And there you have it. Those are our picks for week one in, or week seven, rather, in the SEC. It is past the halfway point, and it is the prove-it mode for a lot of these teams. So that's where we are this week. Coming up next, we're going to talk all about the Alabama Crimson Tide with Aaron Suttles. He's got a new book out on Nick Saban. We'll talk all about that with him. You don't want to miss it. Keep it locked right here on Locked on SEC. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college, the college football season. Of course, uh, if you go to the Underdog website, you can uh, check out all the players that they got going on there right now. They got the uh, Gators quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Are you higher or lower than 200 and a half uh, passing yards? He has been trending in recent weeks, so that would be a good one to go. Of course, they got Stetson Bennett on there and Auburn. All different picks that you can get in on. Go to Underdog and make your picks just like I did. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team. Not just, uh, you know, if you're a certain fan of a certain team, you could pick across several other teams to decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there. You can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with our promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. One word and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit 100 bucks, get 100 bucks free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. One word. Get in on the fantasy on the college football pick'em action today. Rolling along here on the show and always excited to talk with uh, this guy. I think we had him on the show a while back, but he's been covering the Alabama Crimson Tide and the SEC for uh, many, many years. He's an award-winning journalist, spent many years with the Tuscaloosa News, now doing his thing for the Athletic, does a tremendous job over there, and he's got a new book out we'll tell you about as well. Aaron Suttles jumping in with us right now. Aaron, what's going on, man? I'm well, how are you? Doing good. Uh, Always been a fan of your stuff. Enjoyed reading your work. Of course, uh, been doing this a long time. You got the new book out called The Program, Curated History of the Crimson Tide. I guess just talk a little bit about the idea for this book. I know, like I said, you've been covering uh, Alabama, I think, the entire Nick Saban tenure there in Tuscaloosa. What led to this this book idea?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's it. The fact that my career has paralleled. the greatest college football dynasty of all time with Nick Saban. Um, I've been very fortunate in that regard. So I, I felt like I've had a front seat to, to history, and I wanted to document some of it in in a way that's an easy read for for fans. It's not a, a narrative story from beginning to end. It's a bunch of different stories within it. it covers players like Julio Jones and Mika Fitzpatrick, Damian Harris, guys like that, and, and, and the coaches that we've seen along the way. Lane Kiffin, assistant coach Kirby Smart, so uh, and, and then there's obviously you know talking about Nick Saban and, and his what he's done in college football, which has been unparalleled, and and also how he's done it through, and, and that's been through recruiting. So, um, bunch of little vignettes throughout the throughout the book, and I hope people enjoy it.
0: What what's so tough in this day and age, Aaron, of this day and age of podcasts and bloggers and. Uh, you know some some guys refer to them as blog boys is you get a lot of fandom crossover you get people who may be you know not so much unbiased anymore and and sometimes in some realms i guess it's okay to be a fan of the team as well but i think you've always done a good job of of remaining unbiased and uh, interesting, the guy who did the forward for your book, Reese Davis, where he's almost a guy when you watch him on game day and you see him on ESPN, like you would never know his connection to Alabama, which is pretty, you know, speaks to what a great job he does, but gotta be a cool honor to have Reese Davis, uh, a little bit part of this book as well.
1: Yeah, it was a huge honor. He's a hero of mine. We're from the same part of the state of Alabama. Uh, grew up sort of idolizing his career. Never, never thinking I could even make it in sports journalism or even thinking I would have an opportunity. So The opportunity over the years to to not only meet him, he's just such a gentleman, as you mentioned, um, and and is sort of one of the voices of college football. And The fact that uh, he was willing to do the forward for me is I'm internally in his debt and um, just have always been a big Reese Davis. And as you mentioned, I think most people are just because he's such a likable guy.
0: Yeah, and then even if you get to know him a little bit more as a a person and his faith and all that kind of stuff, really, you you really start to admire the guy even more uh, on the person he is. Um, I don't want to give away anything too much from the book because we want people to go buy it and read it, but give me a story or two that you just really, when you started this, you're like, oh, man, I have to include that in the book.
1: I think one of them to me was the the recruitment of, of Julio Jones. And how instrumental that was in, in getting Nick Saban's program off the ground at Alabama, and how they, you know, they, they thought they were going to have to lay out the red carpet and, and and roll out the red carpet for Julio because he was such a big name in this state. But it, when it came down to it, Julio just wanted the truth. He didn't want he didn't want to be promised anything. Um, he didn't want to be treated like a big deal. He just wanted to come in and work. And that actually lined up perfectly with Nick Saban because he's not going to promise you anything. And so uh, there's one story about Nick Saban um, being being down in, in the Foley area of Alabama recruiting uh, Julio and, and stopping off at a Kentucky Fried Chicken and visiting Julio's mom who worked there, who was just covered in flour and giving Nick Saban a big hug, which transferred <laughs> the flour and the grease all to his suit to so sort of ruin his suit. But, uh, Nick name was not gonna miss an opportunity to get some faceTime with Julio's mom so that, that was one that stood out to me
0: <laughs> no 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 that that's uh, that's a great story and yeah hey look it's it's the the day of recruiting anything to get the kid uh, by any means possible um, as you've covered him throughout his career and he gets up there in age and obviously the, the conversation always comes up of how much longer does he even want to do this how has he evolved at least from all that kind of stuff from the day to day coaching to recruiting and all that like how much is on autopilot and how much is he still very much hands on involved day to day
1: i don't think anything's on autopilot I, I think Nick Saban is one of the most hands on leaders in, in the history of american business and it's weird to talk about college athletics as a business but that i mean we all know at this point that's what, that's what it is um I mean, he he could be making ten times the amount of money as a as a Fortune 500 CEO. He's he's that sort of leader. There's no doubt in my mind um, that that he could captain one of these companies and, and take over because he's built an organization in Alabama. It's, it's not through luck. It's not um, that he's not living on reputation at this point. They're still the number one ranked recruiting class in the country for 2023, and this is a man that's going to be 71 years old at the end of the month. So. Um, he doesn't leave anything to chance. His, his schedule is down to the minute. Um, he has everyone's role within the organization is defined. Their jobs are defined. And it, it's very quickly evident if someone's just not doing that job and that person's not there within the organization very long. So um, Nick Saban is just a phenomenal leader, and he knows that he's only as good as the athletes that he can attract to his campus And because of that, he makes recruiting his number one business, and business has been pretty good for Alabama.
0: Continue our conversation with Aaron Suttles from The Athletic. Uh, his new book out called The Program, A Curated History of the Crimson Tide. I, I do want to get your thoughts a little bit on this current Alabama team, uh, Aaron. As we kind of go back, you know, we're about the midway point or getting there. Uh, when we go back to the preseason, you know, there were a lot of question marks to me on the offensive line. You know, the secondary, bringing Eli, Eli Rick, some new pieces there. Uh, Bryce Young gelling with the new receivers of all those concerns, kind of near the midway point, which do you think has kind of been solidified so far this season when we talk about some of those preseason concerns for the team?
1: I think the wide receiver um, position. Allie has just been so blessed with so much talent over the last five, six years at wide receiver. And um, I, I think the concerns that we had coming into this season with, with Jamison Williams going to the Detroit Lions and John Messi going to the Houston Texans and who would be those receivers, I, I think that's that's lived up to us being concerned about it. I think Alabama's, from a depth perspective, much better than they were last year in terms of when John Messi went down in the SEC championship game and then Jameson Williams went down in the national championship game. It, it, the fall-off was tremendous. Now, there's not as much tie-in. The ceiling's not as high with this year's receiving group, not even close. But in terms of depth, if they lost one or two receivers, it would not be nearly – um, is detrimental to the team this year. So I still think wide receiver is a little bit of work in progress. They got guys that um, have a good game one week, and then the next week they're you're sort of hampered by drops. I just think this is a consistency's been an issue on at, at that position this year.
0: As we kind of look ahead, Aaron, obviously still some big tests for this Alabama. Uh, team going forward, and you know we'll see with what, what the health of Bryce Young and all this kind of moving forward, but of Alabama's remaining games, obviously the big rivalry game against Tennessee, home for Mississippi State, at LSU, at Ole Miss, I'll leave the Iron Bowl out, but of the remaining games, which to you is the scariest spot for Alabama?
1: I think it's Tennessee right now, um, just, just because that game is in Nalen Stadium, and Tennessee has not beaten Alabama since 2006. That fan base is hungry for any sort of success, and I think that's going to provide an atmosphere that's going to be difficult for Alabama. And Alabama's not been great over the ro- on the road in the last five or six uh, weeks that we've seen them. Um, so, so that's one that stands out. They have a quarterback that I think is going to give uh, a lot of teams fits in Hendon Hooker. Um, and I think just because of all of those things, uh, the home field advantage and they got a quarterback that can move the ball and score points. I think that's one that sets up tough. I think Ole Miss and Vaughn hemingway is going to be a difficult one for Alabama um, because of Lane Kiffin. And the last time Alabama played there, it was a shootout, and that was a historically good Alabama team in 2020, and, and Ole Miss pushed them to the brink. So those are the two that stand out to me remaining on this schedule that, that I think are really, really difficult.
0: And I do want to ask you, as of this recording, uh, Brian Harson's still employed by Auburn, but d- does it feel like we're kind of just delaying the inevitable when it comes to uh, what's happening on the planes?
1: I'd I take without question the, these two parties are headed for divorce. Um, I think the only thing that has to be done is to work out um, you know who gets the kids and, and that's the settlement <laughs> of the contract and the buyout. and um, I, I think Brian Harson is from a p- position of strength in that listen, you guys tried to get rid of me last year. You tried to concoct this reason to get rid of me to not pay out my buyout. It didn't work. So if you're going to get rid of me, you're going to pay me. Uh, I I think he knows that that this is not the spot for him. But at the same time, he signed the contract. He expects Auburn to live up to it. And Auburn at this point, I think they see the success of everyone else in the league and they're being being sort of left behind. And they're in a tough spot because their two biggest rivals, Alabama and Georgia, are arguably in their greatest runs in those programs' perspective history. So – um, Auburn's in a tough spot, but they—they they, I think everyone, all parties involved, realize that, that Brian Harson is not is not long for the plains of Auburn
0: yeah and hopefully they do it right hire the athletic director first then let that ad hire their head coach instead of vice versa because that could always lead to more trouble uh he is Aaron subtles of the athletic always enjoy reading your stuff man i always enjoy the uh, the mailbag and remind our listeners again the new book uh out this week called the program a curated history of the crimson tide uh amazon the easiest place to, to find the book
1: amazon's the best place to find it um it's easy to just type in my name Aaron subtles or or, or the program, you'll find it, and uh, I think you'll enjoy reading about some of the about some of the characters that I've captured in this uh, in this program's history. And uh, it's it's told in a different way, which makes it easily digestible. You can put it down and pick it up at any time. So go out and, and pick it up.
0: Well, I always tell people to: you don't have to be just an Alabama fan; you can read, you can be a fan of another SEC team and read about how Alabama has gotten to where they are. So uh, always fun to get a peek behind the curtain. Aaron, thanks so much for the time; man. I really appreciate it. No problem. All right, that's Aaron Suttles there of The Athletic. And again, the book is called The Program, A Curated History of the Crimson Tide. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. You got Locked on LSU, Locked on Bama, Locked on Bulldogs. You got just about every team covered from around the SEC covering your team every day. I'm Chris Gordy. It's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.